Welcome to the Paper Talk podcast, where we have candid conversations with emerging artists and industry leaders about all things paper flowers. Through this podcast, we hope to continue to share knowledge, connect all of us together, and elevate the artistry of each and every one of us. Hello, I'm Quinn Wen. I'm Jesse Chu. I'm Priscilla Park. Our mission is to share, connect, and elevate the paper floral industry. We are some of the voices behind the Paper Floors Collective. Welcome to our podcast, Paper Talk. This episode is brought to you by Cart Finney, the American distributor of Italian fine crepe paper. Cart Finney offers crepe paper in more than 140 beautifully rich colors and in various weights and qualities, such as lightweight 60 gram, water resistant 140 gram, and solid ombre and metallic 180 gram, our favorite. Italian made crepe paper has superior stretch, workability, and sturdiness. The perfect medium for paper floor art. Find out more about their crepe paper on their website at www.cartfinney.com. Welcome, everyone. In this episode, week 19 of Paper Talk, we're talking to our friend Heather Sauer of The Paper Place. Hi, Heather. Hi. Hi. Thanks for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. It's been great getting to know you since the very beginning of my paper flower journey. If you guys don't know, when I first started making my paper flowers, I went to the paper place to buy my German crepe paper, the fine crepe paper, as well as the double-sided crepe paper. Soon afterwards, I started teaching workshops at the paper place. And pretty much thanks to Heather and her crew and her, you know, her, her crew has been amazing, supportive of my work. They've been there since day one. I thought it'd be really special to have Heather on our paper talk so that we could get to know her and the paper place better. So Heather, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh gosh. Uh, so I own the paper place here in Toronto. Um, I own that store and I actually have another shop further up Queen West called Curiosa, which is a completely different business. So I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a mom of two. I'm an artist and I'm blanking now. <laughs> <laughs> many things. That's the problem. Yeah. So when you said you're an artist, what kind of medium are you? I'm an artist of opportunity. Um, I I really get into different things. So, you know, we meet a lot of people through the store. I'm really inspired by things that they're working on and I don't have a particular medium. I will bounce from one thing to the next. You know, I'm really excited by exploring the different materials that we have available at the shop. So for instance, for the most part, I do all of the shop windows for both of my stores. And in that endeavor, I get to investigate all different artistic mediums and applications. And yeah, but I mean, obviously, I work quite a bit with paper. And that's always been a challenge. It's one of our mottos at the paper place to sort of look at and explore the sort of endless possibilities of paper. So we really try to show that in our displays and help inspire customers. And so that has been a huge avenue for me to explore my artistic side and help balance out all of the business side that I have to contend with. So tell Tell me about the paper place. Besides, I know you have paper. What other materials do you carry at your store? We have a really eclectic product offering. So we do obviously specialize in paper. Our primary specialty in that avenue is actually Japanese papers. But you know, sort of piggybacking on that, we've gotten into a lot of other stationary products. We have a lot of specialty products for bookbinders, conservators, different types of artists that use papers. We also try to source and provide items that are a little bit hard to find in other art supplies stores or maybe traditional art supply stores. But having said that, we also have, you know, gifts for five-year-olds and cards and, you know, temporary tattoos. It's really just a giant treasure box of lovely things. So, I mean, in that way, we have a hugely eclectic product offering and and because of that, a hugely eclectic um, loyal group of customers as well. I love that. I can't wait to actually visit your brick and mortar when I come to Toronto. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. So, 
when you go into the store, like there's paper products everywhere. So if you love just like being creative in general and seeing beautiful things, little trinkets, and, and you want to buy something for someone, it's the perfect store to go to. It can't, I can't wait to show you. <laughs> I know, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> I love that. So my question to you, Heather, is oh, what made you start a brick and mortar paper store? So I actually wasn't the original creator of the store. I worked at the store years and years and years ago when it was the Japanese paper place. Uh, and the owner of that store at the time had a wholesale and a retail division and made the decision about 2005 that she was going to just pursue the wholesale side of her business. So former business partner and I took over the shop at that time. And because of that, we had to change the name. So we changed it from the Japanese paper place to the paper place. And I had come to work there actually just by a series of life events. I actually worked in the museum field. I went to school for archaeology and I had left a job and was just sort of wondering what I was going to do. And that store had been my favorite store. And I just happened to see that they were hiring. So I thought, you know what, I'll just take a job here and I'll work here while I sort out what I'm going to do. And then, you know, a couple of years later, I ended up owning it. So I think it was just fated to happen that way. That's amazing. And I really love the relationship you have with Jesse. How did you guys meet? Well, I mean, Jesse started coming in as a customer looking for crepe paper and, you know, was just really open about sharing her amazing work with us and <laughs> so excited to see what she was creating and how excited she was about it. And so we talked about doing workshops. So Jesse came in and started doing some workshops for us, which have been extremely popular. And recently, uh, Jesse also did beautiful window display for us as well. So we've been thrilled to, you know, watch her journey and see, you know, how incredibly far she's come with her amazing talents. I know. And such a short amount of time too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thanks. So Jesse, are you going to do your first book tour at the paper place? Yes. So Heather and I've talked about it Yay. because it's the perfect place to be at. I mean, it's a local store in Toronto. That's where we, I started. That's where I know where we can buy crepe paper directly from a store. Like I think as an artist, artist, it's so important to actually see the materials and feel the materials that you're using. It's so different online. Like you can look at it, but some photos might not be representative of the quality, obviously, and, and the color. Mm -hmm. And so I really want to draw my followers or ever, anyone who is creative to the store so that they can actually, um, well, one, support a brick and mortar store, which yes. are farm, you know, they are very popular nowadays, unfortunately, but also to be able to go there and feel the materials themselves. So yeah, the paper place was just like a natural location for a, for at least the, I wouldn't say a book tour, but for the, uh, what do you call book it? Book release? Book release. Yes. Sorry. Lost your words. Book release um, in Canada. And I'm really proud to be part of, to be able to work with Heather on this because I love, I love their shop and they've been so good to me. And also actually, I mean, jumping on Heather's uh, comment about the workshops, a lot of the people who do come to the workshops, they're fantastic and they're loyal customers. And just going back to that place where I know they, you know, they can get to and see them in person again. I think that's really, I think that's really nice. That is wonderful. So when you do um, window displays for the paper place, how do you think about your concepts and how do you go about saying, hey, I want to do this and how? How do you work with that, Heather? Do you direct her or do you let her, Jesse, do whatever she oh, wants? I've only done one. Clarify. I've only done one. But there's features. I mean, we really just ask Jesse to do what she does. You know, whenever we have guests who work on the windows with us, usually kind of give them carte blanche. You know, we're bringing them in for a reason. And, you know, apart from pointers like you're going to need a lot more than you think you do to fill our giant windows, yeah. we just sort of let them run with it and, and 
and we were thrilled. What she created for us was was stunning, and it really did make people stop. And you know, we had people come in the shop and be like, "Are those real?" And we're like, "No, they're paper." And you know, it's just a moment to connect with people and just show them what's possible, you know, that this medium that people are used to experiencing in one way can be molded and created into things that they hadn't even imagined. And so, you know, we're really lucky to be able to bring an artist like Jesse to help us bring that message to people and make them stop while they walk down the street and see what you really can create. That's wonderful. I love that. That's so amazing. What a great partnership the both of you have. Oh, yeah. Well, I've been so lucky to be able to partner with a local, a local business like Heather's. And I mean, also working with Heather, who is an artist herself who understands the challenges of being an artist in today's world, also running workshops as well. I mean, there are challenges to that too. But Heather, I know you've mentioned before the challenges of running a retail business. I mean, Mm -hmm. in this day and age where everyone's buying things online, Mm -hmm. running a brick and mortar store, I'm assuming can be quite a challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell us what you, you know, tell us what your thoughts are on that. Well, I mean, that's it really. It is a challenge. I mean, it's hard because, you know, way back when we started, if you wanted these kinds of papers, you know, a lot of the specialty things that we offer, we still are one of the only places you can get them, but there are more people popping up and, you know, because they don't have the reality of, you know, renting a double storefront on one of the most expensive streets in Toronto, they can afford forward to offer things maybe at a slightly different retail markup than a brick and mortar would. So there is that challenge that as more and more things become available online, it is harder to get people to come off their couch and come down and actually visit the shop. So, you know, we do focus on creating an experience, whether it's our window displays or our workshops or just the way the store is merchandised so that people still want to come down and experience things. And like you said, there is something about paper where people who use it for particular applications will always need to calm down and feel it in real life. You know, I think of our Japanese washi papers where when you scan them, they kind of all look the same online, but in real life, the qualities of them couldn't be more different. So, you know, there is something inherent about the paper business where there is a certain customer that will always want to come and see things and feel things. You know, we sell sample sheets of a lot so people can even go home and test them. You know, if you're a printmaker, before you invest in a large sheet of handmade paper, maybe you want to try it out. So, you know, we try and make things easy for people. But the reality is, is that business is moving online. And, you know, I think it does present particular challenges for people who are in paper, because like you said, a scan is is never going to be the same thing, you know. And for instance, we sell a lot of Chiyogami papers, which is a Japanese paper, and they include gold. Mm -hmm. So when we scan them, you'll never get the sense of that beautiful, rich gold that you do in real life. It just flattens right out. So we do sell a lot online and we sell to people that are familiar with the papers. And but you'll never you'll never capture that quality in in a scan, no matter how good your equipment and your editing is. So, but yeah, it is a challenge of brick and mortar because I think just shopping in general outside of the stationary business is moving online and, and we're, we're tactile people, you know? So it's like, you have to go with the flow, but at the same time, you know, you, you know, and we run into challenges, like you said, with color and thing where people order stuff and they're working on a window display or they're working on something and they get it and it's not quite the right shade. And it's very hard to communicate communicate across monitors mm-hmm. time, you know, what shade of, of red that is. Mm-hmm. And if the project you're working on really requires a specific shade, it's really hard to replace the experience of coming down and seeing it in person. Absolutely. Yeah. You guys sell online as well. I know that. How long have you been selling online? The crepe paper, at least. The crepe paper? Oh, I think, well, we started the website when I was on maternity leave. So that's how I know what year it was. It was 2007. <laughs> um, but we didn't get the crepe paper in for a couple of years. So probably 
since about 2011. Yeah. We've been selling crepe online, but we, we started with just the German and US crepes. So we had the sort of solid color, lighter weight, and then the double-sided German ones. And then, you know, as it sort of blew up and people were looking for more options, then we also brought in the 180 gram as well. So 180 grams just been a, f- a few years since we've had that up. But overall, it's been probably since about 2010, 11-ish. How did you guys decide to start carrying the crepe paper? I mean, it's such a, for us, it's such a particular type of yeah. medium. It was really driven by customers. I'll be honest, like from when I took over the store in 2005, we had a really small group of people that would come in constantly looking for crepe. Um, and they had done crepe paper crafts with their grandmas, with their moms. And we're just like, you can't get this stuff anywhere. This was long before the paper flower mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. This was just people that used it in their own handicrafts. And we had one particular customer who was really, I mean, I was open to it. I just was like, I can't find it. Mm-hmm. Any, I can't. So she brought in some paper packages that she'd had with the German manufacturer on it. And we tried contacting them. And I mean, this was so long ago that when we contacted them, we couldn't find anyone who worked there that spoke English. <laughs> so I had a friend of mine who spoke German write up a fax for me, explaining who I was and what we were looking for. Yeah. And, and we sent it through and set up a phone meeting, which it was just too challenging to try. You know, you're trying to negotiate like, you know, prices and figure out what the yeah. whole step is. And so I sort of, you know, we, we tried so hard. We tried and tried. <laughs> Um, but it just didn't work out. But then I, I met a supplier at an event just a few months later. It was like Fate, who specializes in German craft products and just happened to have crepe paper almost as an aside. He was trying to sell me other stuff. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. Don't <laughs> you have crepe paper? I have been on a mission to bring this in. So we started bringing it in in really small quantities for these specific customers. And this was probably just before the whole paper flower thing blew up. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, shortly after that, all of a sudden, it was almost like overnight, to be honest. We had all of these people coming in really different from the regular crowd who were looking for crepe paper. So we started bringing in more colors mm-hmm. and more colors and it just really went from there. And then I met Mike from Cartopini at a show and he was sort of like, we have a lot of Canadian customers that I'm sending stuff to. And we had been getting a lot of requests for the thicker weight crepe, mm-hmm. you know, because depending on your project, you sometimes need that, that extra strength. And so we started bringing that in as well. So we really have white a wide selection. And it was really, you know, a lot of the things that we bring in are driven by customers. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm part of the business that I love is really sourcing things. So mm-hmm. if, if you have enough people coming in who are like, you know, there's this thing I really want to use, I can't find it anywhere else. We kind of love being the ones that yeah. find it, to be honest. And, you know, as we brought it in, I started experimenting with it myself, you know, and we did, we did a huge paper flower window and, you know, it was really brought in a lot of people and introduced them who had never even seen the paper and mm-hmm. didn't realize, you know, sort of how versatile it is, you know, how you can mold it and create it. And, you know, we've seen customers create amazing things. We have a lot of visual merchandisers that have come in and made beautiful windows or store displays. And, you know, it's been really exciting. But the initial pull to to bring it into the shop was really just because we had people who, you know, were really frustrated by their inability to find it anywhere, you know, and this was, you know, sort of just before online shopping became a huge thing. Probably now people would go to the internet, but at the time, you know, they're looking for paper, they came to us. Mm -hmm. And we had Japanese crepe at the time, which was a really specific product that's used to make doll hair on a specific type of doll craft. And so we would show that to them and they were always like, no, this, you know, (laughs) this is what we're looking for. So... 
yeah, it was just based on what customers were looking for. And it's been fantastic. And a lot of the staff have gotten into using it and experimenting. So it's been, it's been fun for us to have it at the shop. So you mentioned Japanese crepe paper. Can you tell me the texture of it? Is it a lot lighter? Yeah, it's very, very thin. And the crepe in it is very, very tiny. So if you imagine making a small doll and then making hair that you could just sort of shape, wow. um, that's what it's, it's like. But yeah, it's very delicate. It, it, and it, it doesn't hold a, a shape the way that the other stuff does. It's really okay. just for this particular craft. So we disappointed a lot of people. Because, you know, people would come in and be like, do you have crepe? And we would be like, oh, sure we do. Um, and they're like, I don't know what this is, but this is not what <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that is the interesting thing about the paper world is people, you know, there are types of papers or words that describe types of papers that people come, like if we have people come in and they're like, do you have parchment? And that word means 700 different things to 700 different people. You know, it's always interesting having these conversations and sort of extracting and figuring out what it is they're actually looking for and figuring out what we have to offer them that will work for the project that they're working on. It's so interesting to hear the origin story of of how he started carrying crepe paper because to be honest, I heard of it before paper flowers blew up. But at the same time, I mean, even when I was starting to make paper flowers, it was incredibly difficult to get my hands on crepe paper. I know there's only a couple of distributors. And then, like you said, the actual manufacturers where you have to reach out to them and and you can't even order it as a regular person. You would have to buy it wholesale. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm just thankful that you listened to your gut and to your customers and you know, decided, you know what? Yeah, let's try this. And now it's just, I don't Yeah. Like you said, I think it is fate. It's fantastic. So Heather, how many people actually run the store? What, with you being there, do you have other staff members helping you and the store? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm the owner, but I do have a manager who basically manages the day to day, you know, with the two businesses, it's very challenging to be at the store on a day-to-day basis. So I have, you know, a fairly large staff. I do have a manager that manages the shop. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. And she's fantastic. I couldn't do it without her. (laughs) That's great. And I know you do workshop because Jesse does workshop with you. What other classes do you offer at your store? It it sort of varies. You know, we, we sort of explore the types of topics that we're hearing from our customers. Some of our old standards include like card making, you know, we've done a lot of things where we use the Japanese papers just to sort of help introduce people to them. You know, the number one question we get when people come into the store who may or may not be familiar with it is what do people do with all these papers? You know, like I love them. They're beautiful. But what do people do with them? So the workshops have always been a great sort of introduction if people are like legitimately intrigued by them. You know, we've done image transfer. We've done book binding. You know, around the holidays, sometimes we do ornaments. We do different decor Jesse did a wreath one. You know, we've, we sort of just run with the seasons. The workshops are a hard thing for the, us though, because, you know, we find over the years that interest sort of wax and wanes. So we sort of have to just keep paying attention to what people are looking for. And sometimes we run them and we don't get enough signups and we have to cancel them. And that always is a bit disappointing, but there are certain ones like calligraphy and paper flowers that always fill up. They're just super popular and people are, are willing to come out and come down, you know, put their time and, and energy into learning these new crafts. So that's super exciting for us. That's wonderful. Hey, I seriously can't wait to come and visit your brick and mortar. (laughs) 
you'd be buying so much stuff. It's like it's a beautiful <laughs> store. I think you would go in there and be like, "What? What should I not buy?" <laughs> we do have an effect on people. You do. It's like one of those. Um, I mean, they sell books as well, like you know, crafting books and paper-related books. But yeah, your Japanese washi paper, especially the big ones, where there are, mm. is gold on it. And I mean, I don't even know how you could take that apart and cut it up. I would just probably frame it. You know, well, a lot of our customers gorgeous. do. Yeah, they're so they, gorgeous. It's an inexpensive piece. Yeah, of surprisingly um, inexpensive. Like, yeah, considering the and quality. you can switch it up. You know, it's not you're not making a huge commitment. Yeah, um, and we do. We have customers that come in and they want to do like a triptych. You know, and we pull them out and we lay them out and they sort of labor over. You know, making this perfect combo and and it's a lot of fun because it is an it is art. You know, you can frame these papers and you know and it's not a huge commitment. You can switch them out depending on your decor. You can mm-hmm. switch depending on you're just sick of it and you want something new. Yeah. Um, but we do have a lot of customers that frame paper and, and some people that seem genuinely shocked by that. They're like, oh, you, you can frame it? You know, <laughs> like that they need permission. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, you can put anything in the frame. That yes. You think it's beautiful. Yeah. So yeah, do it. You Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. I love that. <laughs> well, I mean, I've worked with, Jan- well, I, I mean, I work with you, but I work mainly with Janine, Janine, yeah. who is the manager. Um, yeah, she's fantastic. She's always on top of me in terms of asking me what papers I need so that we can put it aside for the workshops. But she's got some great ideas as well in terms of running the store and customer service and all mm-hmm. of that. Like your whole crew has been fantastic to work with. They're so enthusiastic. And I guess a lot of them are artists themselves in one way or yeah. the other. Yeah. And it makes a huge difference. You know, I think when you're selling products to creative people, it does help having creative people working with you because, you know, I think people feel when you're speaking with passion as opposed to, you know, I've memorized these facts about paper because this Mm -hmm. is my job. You know, I think that's something and and a lot of our staff are artists and they're genuinely excited to talk to other artists and they get inspired or, you know, they'll be like, oh, this person was trying this technique I've never heard of. Now I've got to, you know, go home and research this. And I think it's a mutually beneficial environment for our staff members and our customers because, you know, and we have a lot of customers that come back to show us their projects when they're done. You know, they've come in three, four or five times to get advice and they're so thrilled, you know, so it is a great relationship that way for all of us. And I am incredibly lucky to have the group that I do because it is a real special store and you're asking people, you know, to retain, you know, sort of an unreasonable amount of product knowledge. We have <laughs> a thousand papers, many with your names. They all have different characteristics. They're good for different projects. And that's just the paper, which is one category of hundreds we have at the shop. So, you know, you are asking a lot. So people genuinely have to be interested even just to retain that amount of product knowledge, because if you don't, you're not interested, mm-hmm. then there's no reason for it to stick. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, we have a great group of staff and we also have a great group of customers. And, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, running the business for as long as I have, it's not the easiest and we've had difficult years and, you know, there are things that you hold on to, to help inspire you. And, and that is definitely one of them is that, you know, I'm just surrounded by wonderful people that, you know, really fundamentally believe in this place as much as I do. And that really helped keep me going sometimes when things feel a little overwhelming, which they do, you know, sometimes. So I love that. That's wonderful. What are your clients mainly? Are they creative people? Are they people who are just looking to buy gifts for other people or what do they I mean? mean? All of that, really. If you, if you went to the store right now and pulled out the next 20 people that walked out the door, they would all have been there for something completely different. And so we do, we have people who are conservators who are buying papers to back antique maps onto. We have people buying birthday gifts. We have 
artists, you know, people that are doing crafts, people that are coming in to buy origami paper, you know, it just Mm -hmm. anything you can imagine. And so it's interesting because, you know, a lot of business think gears you towards like, who is your like, (laughs) you know, ideal client? Who's your ideal customer? And I'm like, it's literally impossible for us to answer that. But I think that's what for someone like me, who is sort of, you know, interested in everything, keeps it interesting Mm -hmm. because, you know, we don't focus just on one thing, um, which is sort of how I am as a person. I don't do just one form of art. I I don't even have just one business, you know, I (laughs) I sort of explore things. And so, yeah, our customer base is really eclectic and it keeps the day really interesting because, you know, the staff is helping one person, you know, find a card. The next person, it's a guest book. The next person is making 600 paper flowers for a wedding backdrop. And so, you know, it makes your day kind of fun. never know you know who walks in and and what they're going to ask you Um, but again it comes back to them having to know a lot about a lot of different things because we get questions about anything right yeah yeah and everything so yeah so where can everyone find you on social media so i mean our website is thepaperplace.ca we're the paper place on instagram and also on facebook so those are sort of the main places we have a twitter account but i do not use it Yeah, the Twitter is one platform I'm trying to explore more and more upon. I feel yeah. like there is a few paper floors out there, but it's a hard one because it's mainly about words and how do how do you describe something that you create? Yeah. Well, and the thing is for me, I only have so many hours in the day and I feel like because the store is such a visual place, I feel like Instagram works well for us in that regard because, Mm -hmm. you know, what we do, it's a lot of eye candy Mm -hmm. and on Twitter, I mean, I know you can put pictures on Twitter, but it is sort of about these concise thoughts and Mm -hmm. I'm not a concise I don't know. Maybe I'm missing out. Maybe I'm missing out (laughs) on the world of Twitter. So yeah. I have a question. Mm, Plan to expand your crepe paper line to more different weights? I mean, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I mean, we've sort of exhausted the weights that are available from my existing suppliers. So that would mean another adventure for me in trying to source it. We don't get a lot of feedback that people are looking beyond what we have at the moment. I guess if we started to get more of that, then that would be the time for us to do some investigation. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like paper flower is exploding and growing even bigger and bigger each year? For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it sort of started off, there was a couple books that came out and people sort of got intrigued by it. Um, but now we're seeing, we have a lot of people that come in that are, you know, starting businesses doing it. We have a lot more visual merchandisers who are using it in their displays, whether it's for windows or in-store displays. And yeah, we just have more and more and more people, both in-store and online, looking for crepes. So we've sort of continued to expand our color selection based on the requests that we're getting. And yeah, we just see more and more and more people being exposed to it. And, you know, doing the workshops at the store helps because a lot of people, I think, are a little intimidated because the products they see are so beautiful. And I think people have that, you know, inner doubt where they're like, I couldn't do that. So I think the more we can bring people opportunities to test it out and see, you know, what they really can do, I think that that helps people get into the craft. We've definitely had a lot of people that have come to do the workshops that have come back multiple times times to buy more paper because they've gotten hooked. So yeah. <laughs> That's a good yeah. word, hooked. Yeah. They're hooked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's been amazing. I've been doing paper flowers for like almost five years now. Mm -hmm. Still creating. It's just an addictive, I don't know, addictive craft that you explore and then you learn new techniques then you want to apply it to other flowers and then you just keep growing and growing and it's been really fun to see the journey, how it goes up and down. Yeah. Well, it is one of those crafts, like as you learn new techniques, it's not like there's an end to it. It's not like, okay, I've mastered this now. Mm -hmm. I'm done. There's no more to learn because, you know, I keep feeling like every couple months you start seeing people doing new things and you're like, oh, now I got to go back and try it on this flower. And, you know, like, (laughs) so it does feel like one of those things that there's no ending to it. It's just a continual evolution of, you know, making the craft more and more evolved. And it's been really exciting to be on, like in the background of that, watching it happen. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. The evolution of paper flowers. I love it. There you go. It's literally evolving. Yeah. Thank you so much, Heather. It was such a pleasure talking to you today. We are really excited to come and visit you. Well, I'm excited to come and visit you when I come to Toronto in 10 days. It's going to be super crazy. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me. Oh, no, it's such a pleasure. You guys are coming to the workshop. Um, Heather and the Paper Place are sponsoring some of the paper that we'll be using to make the paper flowers that we're teaching. So it's a perfect opportunity when you do come to visit the Paper Place to actually see the variety of colors that you can get and the quality as well, not just uh, what the paper we're using for the workshop, but the other available types as well. So thank you so much, Heather, for joining us today. I know you were nervous, but honestly, you are (laughs) such a personable and funny and and self-effacing person. I mean, it's so easy to talk to you. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. So let's talk about the underdog. I feel like this particular crepe paper weight is really underutilized, about 60 gram. Why do we love it? Why do we use it? Jesse? what comes to your mind first when you talk about 60 gram? 60 gram, I love that it's translucent, but it's sturdy. Yes. It is one sturdy paper. Mm-hmm. It has the same sturdiness as 180 grams, the same, I would say, paper structure. And so it allows you to really stretch and cut without tearing. Mm-hmm. And it's a great alternative to similar fine crepe papers. Yeah. I would say one of my favorite medium is using the doublet, but sometimes they don't have that bright color. And so what I like to do is create my own double-sided paper by taking two different or two same color and fusing them together. You can fuse it together with a piece of sprays. You can use it with like fusible webbing. It's just a great medium. And when I fuse it with the fusible webbing, it's actually a little bit more structurally stronger and you can actually create large flowers with this without having those crepe lines. I feel like a lot of people complain about the 180 because they have those lines. But to me, I actually love those lines because it's great giving me guidance on keeping all my petals the same size. Yeah. I mean, speaking of the lines, the 60 grams doesn't have the lines, but I mean, the lines on the 180 grams actually provides structural integrity to large petals. Exactly. So, I mean, you can use... It really just depends on how you use the paper. And I think the 60 gram, like you said, it's really underutilized. Mm-hmm. And when it is a doublet-like, it does tend to hold actually even better than the double-sided crepe paper. Mm-hmm. I mean, the colors that I love using as well come in the 60 grams. I love the white. I love the intense orange, dark yes the green musk, it comes in such a nice, vibrant colors Mm -hmm. that you can't go wrong with the 60 gram. Yeah. And one of the things I really love about 60 gram is not only do you have one or two or three different types of greens, you actually have like five different types of greens you can choose. And I just love the variety of that. But I would say, Cart Finney, we need more colors in the 60 gram. Let's get (laughs) that going. (laughs) Yeah. And we've got some ideas. Yes. (laughs) If you want to find more about 
Instagram, head to www.cartfinney.com. See all their beautiful colors and where to order them. 